Uh, Jamie from San Francisco said, Sheree, how are you affording your new house? It seems like this is a multi-million dollar house. What do you do for money? You just can't keep spending. And why do you need a ballroom and an indoor basketball court? What the stat... Well, Chateau Charest is still unfinished, right? It's still unfinished. It takes a long time. It's a huge house. I had a problem with one of the... Con uh, not the contractor, but the guy that I... Uh, who... Uh, who was misappropriating funds. So I ended up having to get new contractors. So it's moving forward. And you'll be the first person over for tea. Okay. Nene. You tweeted about Sheree building a house. She's fronting. It was never built. Why would Nene tweet anything about what I'm doing? I think I tweeted Neverland, didn't I? Neverland? Is that what you tweeted? Yes. Why did you say Neverland? Because that's what it appeared to be. Neverland. It appeared to be Neverland? To be Neverland. What's Neverland? Nothing was there. Did you drive past there? No. I saw it on the television. Nothing was there. You can do whatever you want to do, say whatever you want to say, move on to the next question. I said, Neverland, and I ain't changing. You don't have to. I ain't changing, boo. Neverland. You don't have to. Come visit. What am I visit? Six? Neverland. If it becomes Shadow. No, no, nah, you don't have to. You don't have to say nothing. You don't have to even comment on it. Neverland. <laughs> Yo, need to know how to shut some shit okay. down. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that one time that um, our homegirl uh, got her and told her that when she was her age, she had edges. <laughs> oh, Claudia, she when so Claudia cool. got she her. Bridesmaid, honey. <laughs> 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 My bridesmaids. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Claudia. So guess who brings her friend? Lanithia. Well, Lanithia, I don't know what her middle name is, but I think Cynthia is, I mean, I'm not Cynthia, but what's... Monique! Lanithia, Monique, Nene Weeks. And Claudia, I think, is actually um, filming a movie right now. Oh, shout out to her. Yeah, she's... Is it coming out on feature film? I think she's, I think she's uh, filming a movie about some... About, I think it's about, like, pr police brutality, if, if my memory serves me correctly. I know y'all, yeah, yeah. Um, y'all need to fact, fact check that. But I think I think that's what it was, because I remember when we talked about her um, a few episodes ago, I meant to mention that, that she was working on that movie. Um, and I cannot remember the name of the movie. But anyway, shout out to... <laughs> and shout out to this throwback uh, reunion skit. <laughs> The quality was so bad. Do you remember that? What? There were so many good ones in that reunion. Fix that body. Fix that body. Yeah, I probably couldn't remember all the because that was a little while ago. Yeah. The the quality was so bad on the video, so you could just tell that this shit was like a while ago. Yeah, it was a while. Remember when she said she could pay for everybody up in there? That was a good one. It was a. I don't want a dildo in my ass today. That was on that one too. Wow. Some really good memory. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Hunk Podcast, everyone. Another episode <laughs> where you may live in Neverland. Or you might live in some sticks. Some sticks? Fancher, what did you see? Uh, 
<laughs> but we will never hang up on you. <laughs> yes, I'm P. Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, or and the Twitter, didn't forget, at I-A-N-P-R-Y-A-N. I'm Eric, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at E. Dante Cole. Yes, love bugs. Find us both on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Hungapod. That's H-E-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. Yeah, and you can always email us at hunguppod at gmail.com and you can also if you go to our Instagram the email button is boom right there oh yeah so, so yeah. I, set, I set that up I set that up so it'll be easy for y'all <laughs> nigga please ever since then we ain't been getting no email <laughs> it seemed like once I made it that way <laughs> we did Can I get a email? <laughs> Can I get a e- I'm so glad you found that. And don't forget to rate us, y'all. Yeah, don't, oh, yeah, don't forget. There was such a lovely comment that you posted on the, on the pod. Um, yeah, yeah, the last two comments are really so cool. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Right, talk to uh, one of our, my, my good friend, uh, friend of the show, mm-hmm. right before we started recording, and um, she is, uh, well, she said she had everything except their right. Malat. Right, but, but you know, she, podcast, the car was, you know, a little tiffin this past week, <laughs> she's like, shout out to me, Ryan, this episode is brought to you by what? Merlot, sponsor, unofficial sponsor, we need to get sponsored for real by someone, okay, anywho, Well, this week, this week was cool. Um, over the weekend, I hung out with my neighbors. Y'all always hear me talking about hanging out with my neighbors. But we watched um, Deaf Comedy Jam. They have like a 25th year celebration on Netflix right now. Um, and it was actually pretty funny. I feel like it started out a little slow uh, because I was looking for, you know, more jokes, more comedy, more laughter. It was very much, like, opened up as an award show, which I, I think it was definitely, you know, uh, a part of it, right, where they're just paying homage and um, paying their respects to all the great comedians that came before them. One of my favorite jokes was by our girl, Adele Givens. Um, wasn't she on Queens of Comedy? I think so. But didn't they do a tour with Monique? Yes. And some more, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With the ch Yeah. Remember she did the ch joke? <laughs> yes. Get your rhythm, y'all. Was that Queens of Comedy? Yeah. Sisters of Comedy? Okay, Queens of Comedy. Um, she made this joke about taking... She was, like, talking about, you know, people that take these long-ass damn naps. She was like, you ever take a nap so damn long that you wake up and you got to get ready for bed? <laughs> I was done, because that's basically me. Yeah. <laughs> Happens to me at least twice a week. Um, I will come home from work. I will fall asleep on the left side of that couch, and I will wake up, and it will be a smooth 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the morning. And it's time for me to get ready for bed. <laughs> right. Um, of course, this week's focus was on work. Work has just been, like, really busy for me. Speaking of work, this morning, um, 
we had a meeting and uh, someone organized somehow, some way, the, the Glee Club on our campus to come in and sing to us. And it was so cool. Were you filled with Glee? I was. <laughs> I didn't have my phone because I, I don't take the phones into the morning meetings, but I wish I did that this morning. Um, but speaking of work, like I said, um, I've been getting a lot of work to my home space, like just enjoying uh, spending time at home as always, but just like organizing, getting, you know, clean up as always. That's an ongoing process. But I'm also just trying to think of like decor. I don't really want to overfill it because I think the aesthetic really speaks for itself and I just want to keep the space really simple. Um, but I want to get a painting for this wall right here. And I measured it to be about um, like five foot four. So it's going to be a nice size painting. Um, <laughs> Monet. <laughs> I will take it. But listen, I'm curious to what this portrait is going to be. I'm, okay, a patch, right? Don't sleep. I didn't see Yes, one time at summer camp. Yes. <laughs> do you have the stories? I was Nasty shit. Yeah, I was innocent. I didn't do nothing. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's basically been been my week. Mm. Yeah. What about you? Oh. I texted you earlier how much I missed you because I feel like I missed you too. You're kind of like the boyfriend that I don't have. <laughs> 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 but I Absolutely. Yes. For something I said or done, like, yes. like. So I had to review myself yeah. This week, so like, it's no secret to the show or to like our conversations that I'm going through, like this season of transition, in the sense that like schoolwork is piling up and it's really causing me to not have any room to like work work. So when you don't work work, you don't get paid paid. Okay. And so I do have a job. I'm grateful for this small blessing, but like it was getting to a point where like. Yes, your job situation changes, but like your financial requirements or obligations don't change, right? And so I talked about like my phone getting broken a couple weeks back. I got the thing replaced, but they sent me another broken phone, right? Hoes get broken phones and broken toes, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and broken refurbished phones. Because <laughs> that's all they give you. Like new ain't new, bitch. Okay. Like new ain't new. That's the whole point. So you sell it. What you said, what you said was some bullshit. <laughs> but that's the thing about these companies. Like, y'all want to give us a refurbished phone, but the, the rate I pay every month not refurbished. Right. I'm still paying the you same rate. Okay. Listen. So going through that, like the school requirements that I have are continuously piling up. I would not wish a doctor program on my enemy. <laughs> Great, We're as not. I am uh, trying to decide. But then, like, again, <clears throat> also, it seems like the hustle that I'm doing is not just, it's not keeping my head above the water, right? It's not making a way as I can. And so, there was a point in the week where I literally had, like, a, another white woman meltdown. Nice. But this time around, it was so weird. This is regularly now. Hmm? Regularly. Oh, yes, the regular thing. I'm tapping to my 
Yeah, yeah. Patty, Patty. Panty mayonnaise. <laughs> yes, but like I spoke something that really just after I spoke it, I had to step back. Like I was just like, I have a master's. This should not be happening to me. And I was just like, what is wrong with you? How dare you? Right? The fact that you do have a master's, the fact that you are still able to work, even though the school load has increased and your work hours have decreased, like God is still good. Like, why are you sitting in this space of complaining? When, when truth be told, you have only banked on one thing to kind of create opportunity for you, right? So, like, while I'm at this job, I've only been applying to jobs based on my experience. I've only been applying to jobs that I feel like will work around my schedule. But maybe those doors have not been opening because God wants you to do something that's not as conventional. Maybe there have been talents that you've been sitting on that you are sitting on that you're just like, oh, I can't tap into because I don't have the time or I don't have the funds or I don't, I don't think it's feasible. So I just kind of cast them aside. What if you tapped into those? Maybe your life would be quite different and maybe you would be able to balance school and also live the type of life you want to. So how dare you complain when you haven't maximized everything and why do you feel like giving up when you haven't tried everything? And I'm just like, you're ready to tap out, but you haven't tapped in. That's why I refuse to be working overtime and staying late at work. And listen, if I can't get the task that y'all have given me done within the time period that I am here, listen, I need, I, I have to have balance to my life. And and I just don't believe in working, 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 and, and, and working for the machine your whole life, retire, and then die. That is not our purpose. That is not what we are here to do. Like, no, I'm just not, I'm not here with that. So I, I, I I hear you, and what I hear is, you know, we have to find time. We have to make time for our passions. Yeah, but not only just the passion. I, in the way that I checked myself, was just me saying, don't complain before you've tried everything. So where I am now is I have taken a step back, and I've given myself, like, a January deadline to really look over my life, look at the things that I have experienced Mm -hmm. and the talents that I haven't you know, tried using in this space and really just go after it and see on like a professional level and see what that brings, right? Like sending out these job applications and like crossing my fingers and praying clearly isn't cutting it. So let's flip the script and try something new. Try something, again, unconventional that doesn't seem like it makes sense. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I can dig it. Just a few weeks ago, I found myself wondering if I'm going to go back to school for something different um, than what I've already studied, just trying to look at my career. Like, is it possible that I should be doing something different? For, like, another master's or a doctor? Again, yeah. Like, just trying to, even that, like, trying to figure out, do I go for this master's? Um, Because I kind of discovered this program, um, Educational Entrepreneurship, Uh where now it's, like, you're more so getting into community development yeah. with the campus and real estate and, and like cool stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is very different. Same industry, but just a very different part of that industry. Yeah. So I'm just exploring now, what else can I do? Like, okay, I know I'm here, but maybe there's something else that I'm supposed to be doing. And it's such a weird process because you don't know until you get your answer. Yeah. And, well, you know. I mean, 
every person I know that, that has a, yeah, I mean, everybody that I know. But that, I'm grateful yeah, to be everybody says that. So, mm. if that you feel you should do, be encouraged. And I always ask when people tell me that that are in the program, I always ask them, like, what's the most stressful part about it? So, I'm going to ask you, like, what, what just grinds your gears? What's the most stressful part about it? And I think I asked you this before. Yeah, I don't think it's a specific thing. I just think it is being at an adult phase of life. Like, you know, not being in this undergrad vibe of, like, I just go to school and live my days. Like, really being in an adult phase of life where you have your responsibilities. And it really is all about balance. So it's not necessarily, okay, okay. Because I'm. Because that was me getting my master's degree. Yeah. So it's just, like, interesting because, like, someone can experience that. Doesn't, I guess, I was more so associating the experience with the doctoral program, like, the rigor of it and the stress of it. When I was getting my master's, life was easy, breezy, and beautiful, okay? But I think in this space, there's so much more that's required for this degree. So it's not just schoolwork. Because schoolwork, I literally just do. Trust me, I've had a couple <laughs> stressful, like, the balance of, um, and shout out to the people who are working and going to school at the same time, and especially to those people who have kids and aren't doing it. Um, I was always amazed by the people in my cohort back at Temple, like, that had kids, and I was just like, wow, it's, it's just a lot, but... At the same time, like, the testimony is, is that they're doing it. Yeah. So um, I think that's also something else to acknowledge is that we'd be surprised what we can do when we push ourselves. Um, I experience that a lot. Uh, trying to be careful how we're... <laughs> even, you know, coming into my organization, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you'd be amazed at the knowledge that you can retain. Um, and your ability to do things. Um, and, you know, going to school is just another one of those things. You, you'd be amazed. Like, the mind is a powerful thing. I think they say we use, like, 20% of our brain. Like, there's really a lot more that we could do that we just don't. Like, Whitney said, we didn't even know our own strength, and we don't. We don't, so.
And it also makes you feel... Um, I've experienced, like, just going outside of the box and pushing myself a little bit more. It always uh, ends up making you feel really good mm-hmm. at the end of it. And you're really proud of yourself, too, mm-hmm. that you you took that, you know, choice or that risk or you pushed yourself um, and, you, and you did it. And, and, it, and it always works out in your favor, Absolutely. I think. Absolutely. You know? So that was a good conversation, but that was neither. Right. Are we now done? We can move on to Hung Pop? Like, was that the topic? Yeah, like, show is done. <laughs> but I know you have um, a really great topic for us this evening, P. Ryan. <laughs> Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? So, in the midst of being a popper and feeling like Cinderella, I also kind of felt like a Twitter honey um, in the past week or so. A Twitter honey. A Twitter honey. Or Instagram honey. Okay, talk to us. More Instagram, because that's what I kind of (laughs) like. The honey part is what's getting me. Well, so I call myself a Twitter honey because... um, Like, it couldn't be, like, Twitter molasses or... Eric. Eric, get up and go. Okay? Like, I want to know why... Why you... I'm talking about honey like a video model, not like the product. Okay. (laughs) I didn't understand... You know what, Eric? I'm not, I can't even tell what tonight was brought to you, right? Right. But you know what? Be blessed. Okay? Okay. It was brought to you by Merlot. He is faithful. He is. We all things. We thank you. Okay? So I felt like a little bit of a Twitter honey because on Twitter, I don't really engage in this conversation, but seasonally, without fail, I feel like ever since I got on the app, people have been talking about $200 dates, right? And I was just like, well, I must be a basic ass bitch because I've never been on one. Um, but... Basic ass bitch. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because everybody's talking about them. I'm just like, y'all all go on $200 dates? Like, I go to, like, Chipotle for a day. But, um, in the past week, I can say, check off of my checklist, I became a Twitter honey and I went on a $200 plus date. <laughs> Twitter honey. Twitter honey. I am one. Hashtag Twitter honey, (laughs) y'all. Please. Hashtag P. Ryan, y'all. Twitter honey. (laughs) With the little B. um, Isn't there like a honeycomb um, emoji? Oh, yeah. If you got the upgrade. There is. If you did the software update. Yes. But yeah. um, So yeah, went on that. And... It was really cool. It was with it was with the older gentleman. And when I say older, just not in my generation, not a millennial. A man of a certain age. Of a certain age, a certain refinement. <laughs> uh, but at first With a pedigree. Um, <laughs> Did he? A certain pedigree? Damn, damn dog. What is wrong with you? No. But pedigree can also yeah, mean know, like Alright. No, no. What is pedigree? Don't make me do it. No, do it. You know who 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 did that? Um, who on our Real Housewives of the Potomac? What's her name? Uh, the Potomac. Yes. <laughs> no, or it Karen. was it was Karen. Okay. She said she said that she had a, she had a pedigree. Didn't she say she had a pedigree? Child, this man. That's a that's a lineage. That's a that's that's what Whitney said. That's legacy. I'm not made of glass. I can't break. You can't break me. That's that's legacy. You know what I mean? 
That's what that means. Pedigree. Respect that. Amen. You got hoes out here with pedigrees and degrees. Yeah. Well, I just have a degree. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a pedigree yet. But this man did, right? And but at first, so let me tell you, like we've been talking actually for months, but and we interacted a few times in person, <coughs> but like we never actually went out. So this was kind of like a first time thing. And at first, when you suggested the place for us to go to, I was a little apprehensive because my game plan whenever I go out with somebody is make sure you have the to pay for your dinner. Nice. Now, the restaurant that he suggested... You never ran out before? Huh? You never ran out on the table? Absolutely not. I'm a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Were you always a lady, though? Yes, I'm the... You... <laughs> look up Patrick in the, in the dictionary. What does the name mean? Okay? Little Prince. Or is that Ryan? Patrick Ryan either means Little Prince and Noble combined. Okay? okay. I'm, I've always been a lady. Okay. Okay. Again, I like to be prepared when I go on a date, just in case he tries to be a fuck nigga. So I told him when I, he suggested the restaurant, I was just like, oh, this is not in my budget right now. Maybe we can go somewhere else. He suggested another restaurant, which was even more expensive. So I was just like, am I just going to completely say no to this day, or am I going to indulge in this man? And so I was just like, I'm going to indulge. Year of yes, right? Or pre-year of yes. What's that? Like the like year of the rat? Times, year of yes, yes to everything. Oh, I'm like, like so the Chinese calendar, year of the rat, year of the rabbit, year of the mouse, year of the dog. Year of the yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I just stepped down on faith and I was like, we gonna go, right? So the day overall was nice. We made a connection of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a great time, but I distinctly remember, which is why I wanted to bring up this conversation. In the beginning, when I asked him to describe himself, because I kind of just, you know, we talked for a while, but like, I don't really know you. I asked him to describe himself, and all he could really tell me was about his, like, his degrees, and the jobs that he's held, and the cars that he has, and the houses that he has, and how he has to fly out to this place, to that place, to the other place. And listening to that for about, like, 5 to 15 minutes, I was kind of just like... You listened to it that long? I did, because... You know I have training in this. Therapy. That's that's my field of focus. So I can sit and let you talk, right? But after a while, I was just like, okay, great, but take away the cars. Take away the houses. Take away the career. Strip, like, all of those things that you think are going to impress me. Mm-hmm. Who are you? And I think it was at that point that we really had a good time. We got to know each other on, you know, more than just a superficial level, right? And I don't know. I thought that from that point on, that's when the date like took a high note, and it wound up being that's good, super super nice. But then, like a couple days after the date, right? I was kind of, I was still laughing at the fact that when we first met, he was so, the guy that I was with was so caught up in like, in a way, just listing his resume. Mm. He was caught up in just like not just putting his best foot forward, but really cementing the fact that, like, I am this person, I have a lot going on for me. In a way, it felt like I can give you X, Y, Z. And it was, it felt like a business deal of sorts, right? When I was there to just... That may be how he's used to operating. Mm -hmm. But you were able to show him something different. Yeah. But I say all of that, and I give that story to say that, like, being proud of your accomplishments is an amazing thing, right? Or even going out on 
trashy date. Like, it's fun. It's great. It's a good time. But, like, I was also thinking of how often do we meet people that we don't know? And the way we think to get to know them or to get their approval is to be flashy. And all of a sudden, we, in a way, lose our humanity and become kind of like these walking resumes or these walking displays of our best accomplishments. Mm. And in a way, I wondered, like, and I'd love to hear from you, like, why do we do that? Like, what is the purpose of doing that? I mean, I feel like most times we, we probably don't even realize that we are leading that way. I think mm-hmm. your example was perfect. Like, he... He was probably on autopilot. Like, that's maybe just used to how he's interacting with guys um, until you kind of, like, shock the system. He was just like, nah, wait a minute. Let's just pause for a second. Like, let's let's do this a little bit differently. And it sounds like he took to that really well. And I'm glad to hear that the date, like, went well. Um, but, yeah, I, I really don't think we realize that we start dating or making friends based on... What someone can do for us. I think that's why, you know, people focus on accomplishments. Um, accomplishments equal, this is what a person can do for me or standing next to me. That's, this is what this person can, like, you know what I mean? Like, optics. Like, we talked about that a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, all these things that we attach ourselves to, um, you know, our the school, job, car, home. The expectation that we have for ourselves, I think we start to have for other people. So we have these high expectations for ourselves to have, like, degrees and cars. And I think as we, you know, sometimes acquire more things, quote-unquote, we start to have those same expectations for other people. And I think it creates, like, a circle of, like, just toxic behavior, you know what I mean, and interactions between people. Because I think... You know, we really start, we, we, when we focus on accomplishments so much, I think we really do start to look for boyfriends and friends as, for not as, how can, not a genuine friendship, but just more so like, what can this person do for me? Yeah. Like, I think even like certain cliques of friends, like, yeah. Yeah. if you're not a certain caliber, you can't sit with us. You know, kind of like the mean girl table in the lunch room yeah, and the yeah. cafeteria. So it moves from, like, who are you really? Like, who are you as a person? How do we build something deeper? And it's more of just, like, what can you do for me? How can you make me look? What type of presentation can right. you add to my own superficial presentation? Right, right, uh, right. Yeah. You know, because if I'm going to take you to the holiday party this year, I need, you know... To show you off. To show you off when we're having conversations with people and they're asking you, what do you do? And what school did you go to? Like, I need you to be able to hold a conversation. Think back to um, Insecure, the episode with Homeboy, who was just kind of like Molly, right? She was dating Jared. And he came to that party. And remember, like, the Greeks were there, the Alphas were there. Well, it seemed to be that way. Alphas and the AKAs were there. And they were, like, grilling him about, like, well, what school did you go to? And what did you do this? And he was like, yeah, I'm just, like... A manager I work at, what was it, Enterprise? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I didn't go to college. I just went to high school. And they were just like, uh, uh. Yeah. you know what I mean? You can hear a pin drop. So, and this was a black space. And I don't even think that we we realize sometimes that we as black people, like, we create these um, these elitist spaces and these in, in, in a, a culture of privilege Which within our own spaces. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
So I think that's so interesting that you mentioned the insecure episode because that shows the kind of like social rejection or like social check marking and like a young um, check marking. I love that. Yeah. I was talking to one of our listeners. Shout out to Shadow. <laughs> What's up? And he actually, I mentioned earlier that this was an older gentleman, and he had asked me, you know, how old was the person that I went out with? Because he said that back in the day, that is how people were kind of conditioned to date, right? How how stacked up are you when it comes to the resume? What can you give me? What can you provide me? But then still, I think like dating someone based off of what they can give does not give a hint to. And I think that's why so many uh, in the older generation mm-hmm. may have that acquired wealth, right? May have that family or that union that looks amazing on the outside. But then when you close the door and you put a magnifying glass to the relationship, yeah. you see that there are so many cracks. Well, like bullshit-ass traditions, like you never get a divorce. Mm-hmm. People who stay married mm-hmm. for years and they hate mm-hmm. each other. And they can't stand each other, but you yeah. stay together for optics. You know what I mean? Yeah, the optics part. So yeah. when you put your best foot forward and you make sure that that person doesn't see. Do you remember Cinderella, the live action one with Brandy? Mm, and how yes. Peter says, we hide our flaws until after the wedding. <laughs> right, so right, like, right. You really don't show anything mm-hmm. that makes you look a little less than perfect. Yeah. Right? So, so you kind of give this facade, and then after this person has been with you for X amount of time, then you want to give them, you, you want to take. Who you really are. And so you both look at each other like, who, who are you? you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then that's when the crisis happens in the relationship, right? Yeah. Where, you know, you hear people say the honeymoon phase is over. To me, that means that's when the real shit kicks in. Mm-hmm. You realize who you're now with. You know what I mean? Going back to our episode about uh, with, you know, Devon um, and Megan, the weight, and just, you know, we talked about some of the benefits of waiting, and this is what we're talking about, y'all. You know what I mean? Like, really taking your time to get to know somebody, because when you get in that relationship, I mean, in that bedroom, in the passion, you know what I mean, and, and, and the physical is there, you know, your mind is somewhere else. Like, you don't see the real person because this person just laid it down for you in the bedroom. And all you're thinking about is, I, I need some more. I want some more. But just another example of how, you know, that, you know, that, what am I trying to say? That whatever can be pulled over. Um, yeah. The you wool. know, the wool. there we go. We Over your eyes, room. yeah. Lamb chop. And a lot of times we do it to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Nobody even did it to us. We we do it to ourselves. We we. In a weird way, we get up, and we go throughout our days with the wool over our eyes. Yeah. And in a way, I guess that conditions us to like when somebody else presents themselves with, with the, the wool. Who they actually yeah. are. You know what? The show is done. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's, that's real. It. Yeah. Yes. That's why we, we cling to what we're comfortable with, what we know, what we're more familiar with. So, yeah. Because yeah. I was thinking, what would life be like if we had gone on that date, me and that person, but he, like, told me some crazy ass shit about himself. Like, 
Dude, at least somebody going on dates. Uh, shout out to you for going on dates. At least someone on the Hunger Pod has to be going on dates right now. So shout out to you. You want to glow up? No, Eric, don't do this. Eric. What? You want to act like you don't go on dates? Huh? Uh-huh. If you can huh, you can hear. <laughs> Read yourself. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this has been one day. To Eric's like a thousand. Don't do it. What are you talking? A thousand? Okay. I don't know. I shit. <laughs> <I shed. laughs> and they don't change it up over here. They don't change it up over here. Eric does go on dates. I I don't know what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> Never <laughs> land. <laughs> Low-key, high-key. High-key. <laughs> when I was thinking about the interaction that me and the old dude had, right, right. and about him listing his accomplishments, in the moment, I was really thinking about kind of like, how did I even get there? Right? Mm-hmm. How did I get to a place where I was literally sitting in front of somebody who prioritized having a good resume over just showing their authentic self? Mm-hmm. Right? And you know I'm good for reading myself. And so a part of me was just like, well, bitch, you attract who you are, right? Yeah. You can't really attract someone like that if you don't exude the spirit that says, this is what I need to have a partnership, or this is what I need to entertain someone on a romantic level. And so I think in some way I started asking myself, like, do I emit that energy? Do I emit a type of energy that says, oh, I live a certain way when I already been told you I'm broke? <laughs> do I admit a certain energy that right. says I live a certain way so I need when you approach me to be a certain way to act a certain way to provide me certain things right and so then I started wondering like how do people do people see me as that well that I'm setting off and so I'm asking you in a way like how do you think people perceive you or your reactions to that question yeah also like how do people perceive you and how do you think that plays into how they interact with you I will I will say that I think people are drawn to you for reasons that more so have to do with them than you. Um, So at the same time, like, if we're dealing with our own issues, um, like, just like what we said, like, pulling the wool over our eyes, like, we would gravitate to someone else who, who more than likely is as well, just because, you know, that's what makes the most sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Did I answer that question? I, I feel like did I, I answer the whole. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm clear. Okay. Yeah. And but okay, ask me the question again though, because I feel like I'm I'm missing something though. So ask me the question again. So let me set it up for you. So when I was thinking about that interaction that I had, I felt that there was something in my spirit that sends kind of a message, not to just him. But to other people, that's just like, I need you to be this flashy man. I need you to, I need to be sure that if I'm going after you as a partner, that you have all of this resume checked Mm. off, right? Mm. And so I'm wondering for you, like, I just feel like he, his behavior was a reflection of what my spirit was giving out or what my energy emitted, Mm. right? So I'm wondering if from the interactions that you've had with people, do you, how do you think people perceive you? Based on your interactions and like, yeah. Yeah, I think 
People, I mean, with me, it's just like people always get me wrong. Like, especially at first, that first couple of interactions. Because you don't, I think what it is, I have the type of personality where it's easy to make an assumption very quickly about who I am when you first, like, meet me or you're first starting to spend time with me. But it's not until you really get to know me and spend time with me um, that you really get to know, like, who I am. But you said it, right? It's an assumption. Yeah. So I think even with me, right, the people who, so I, when I had this um, situation happen, I think about, like, my really close friends who I immediately started talking to them about it, right? They were just like, Patrick, why would he ever present himself like this to you, right? So they know that I'm not a person to care about how flashy you can be or Mm -hmm. care about, like, what you have to bring to the table. I really just want to have fun with you and see what type of person you are and see if we can even make one day two and two four or what have you, right? But I think for the person who doesn't know me and who judges me based on maybe my Instagram, if you judge me on my Twitter, you probably know that I'm down as bitch. But if you judge me on like my Instagram or like the things you know about me from like an academia standpoint, then you might think, oh, I gotta come with like my resume too, so that we can compare and then have this like union of resumes. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it, it really is an assumption. But then when you mm-hmm. get to know the person, it's just like, oh, I fucked up because all the things that I assume aren't really true true. and i'll even go as far to say it's like even for the people who seemingly put everything out there on front street Mm -hmm. i think even for some people for those people there's still some mystery there's still some things that they are holding on to so like i said yeah to get to know me you gotta spend a lot of time with me um and you also have to ask me questions like because i don't just say stuff like I don't I don't just talk about things and it's not until like people really start to ask me questions that they're just like what really is that is that what happened or yeah so um again perception I have this kid from kid and play look I smile a lot but when I open my mouth I can be assertive and I can be mean sometimes like that's just my personality I don't mean to be um but I feel like that mixed with just living in Philly for as long as I have, and that gives you a tough skin, um, you know, because, you know, people in Philly, strangers and friends, <laughs> can say just the most horrible things to you. Uh, so you get tough skin from that. So I just feel like all of that, just as a combination, um, you know, I think I'm just an example of many people, you know, we just how we look or how we how we are perceived to be like there there's many layers to who we are as individuals so i think my example you know a lot of people can probably relate it's it's many layers it goes very deep i'm no longer playing devil's advocate i'm gonna play jesus advocate because he sees all sides okay yeah but do you do you ever feel that um people make these assumptions because at the core of it we're not living like our 100% authentic selves. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean we're lying. But as we had mentioned, even somebody who puts the majority of themselves out there on front street, there's still an element of mystery. And so I can, that resonated with me because I feel like even though I'm, I'm very transparent in various aspects of my life, I'm very intentional about being mysterious about others, so I still have something to give, right? Yeah. And so... 
I wonder, do you think that plays or that influences the assumptions that other people make about you? Does that make sense? So, so, uh, maybe I'm not understanding the, the okay, question. Okay, sorry, because you might be asking complicated ass questions. <laughs> so, and the sponsor of this evening has been uh, very generous to me. So. Well, I'm glad the sponsor sponsored you. <laughs> I'm glad I blessed you. <laughs> but I'm wondering. So, just like, say it one more again. Absolutely. I'm wondering if, even though we try to live our, mm. our most transparent self, yeah. I think. The mystery that we add to ourselves, the, the the stuff that we don't give. Do you think that small part of us is what influences people to make those assumptions about us, and then to act accordingly based on that small? Yes, because I think just as human beings, our our, na- our human nature is to search for answers. Everything needs an answer. So, in an interaction with someone else, um, if you can't fill in the blank, mm-hmm. immediate if that person can't fill in the blank for you, we're going to do it. We're going to make it an assumption. We're going to fill in the blank. Yeah. You know, why did he say this? Or why did he say that? Or why didn't he do that? Or, and if, and if we don't explain it, they will. And they will completely rationalize it to themselves. They'll talk, they'll go over and over in their head about it. They'll probably talk to their friends about it. Like, meanwhile, have not had not one conversation with you. Yeah. yeah. But I think when we, show that part of ourselves, it creates a shift in those individuals, right? And the reason I say that, I had a conversation, another shout out to another listener. They didn't hit the email, but we had some conversations. (laughs) That's what's up. Um, One of my really close friends, an amazing spirit, her name is Delisha Shaw, excuse me, Delisha Saw. Just the whole government? You want to put the whole thing? Well, yeah, the reason why is because she's a part of this amazing group called Afrosexology. Okay. Um, her and my other homegirl, Rafaela. And nice. they really work towards liberating black people in regard to sexuality. So nice. definitely check Afrosexology out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that. But she had said when we were talking, when you're living your authentic life, it forces people who come into contact with you to redefine and reshift their lives and the way they view not only you, but the way they view, the way they're living their lives. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I fucked up that quote. And when we spoke, like, she wasn't really saying that having that resume checklist and indulging in the finer things in life is not being your authentic self. Maybe it is. You know, for a part of me, yeah, it is. It just doesn't define, you know, how I find a partner. But she was saying that, like, when you consistently lead with you put up a wall for people to like yeah. accept and really understand you. And she also followed up by saying, our inauthenticity keeps us from connecting to people. Yeah. And it really is all about the connection. I can dig it. I can, I, can, I can dig it. I think, yeah, it's, it would only, <laughs> it would only be right to acknowledge the fact that, yeah, we sometimes do lead with that. Because um, I'll admit, um, I would prefer... I want the next guy that I date to at least have a bachelor's degree. Oh, yeah, as professionals, I'm not going to lie. As I'm working... I want you to have no job. Yeah, right? like... I do. We, these things are real, right? Yeah. So we, we do have these type of ex- expectations, but, but I think when we overindulge in it... Right. When we and, and that's why I hear her saying, like... And shout out to Sis. What's her name again? Delisha. Delisha. Like, that's why I hear her saying, like, when we overindulge in that, like, we can... 
recognize it for what it is, um, but don't let that become a part of who we are. Don't don't let that define that, right? Like because again, going back to idol worship. <laughs> we're not our degrees, we're not our cars, we're not our bank accounts because that we've already been because you go out here and get hit by a bus, you can't take none of that with, with you. you. Yeah. But what you can take with you is the power <clears throat> of being that you've been. Yeah, and not only does it, that's so powerful what you just said. Wow. Because not only are you taking that with you, I am. Because not only are you taking that power with you, but you're leaving it. And that's how people live on forever. It's, you know, that spirit that you have have left, you know what I mean, from all the things that you've done over your life and all the lives that you've touched. Like, that's how someone's legacy can live on forever. Because that power that you just talked about also stays you know what I mean? So, yes. yeah. I wish we could talk. So as a final thought, I'm just going to say this, um, the date that I went on, hopefully I have many more because, you know, just like Shonda Rhimes, not necessarily trying to get married, but definitely trying to date. <laughs> <laughs> but it is great. You Shonda and Oprah can uh, all have God, brunch. If you haven't checked out the Shonda and Oprah Super Soul Conversation, you must. Okay? <laughs> just like you must check out what? Kingdom Come. So, my final thought is that it's really great to experience the finer things in life. Yeah. It's great to go on these $200 dates if you can do so. It's great to also go to Chipotle, okay? But yeah. it's great to experience luxury and have nice things and live as fabulous a life as you want to. Sure, why not? But when your identity becomes that, mm-hmm. and it really does, as Alicia said, keeps you from the Kardashians. That's why I don't watch their show. People ask me why I don't watch the Kardashians because I think that their wealth, their name, the sex videos, the the emoji apps, all this stuff oh. is why they're here in this space and why they even have this platform. But I could be... Kim was exploited and she turned that exploitation into a positive move. But we can talk about, we can make that a conversation. Okay? <laughs> we can make our stance on the Kardashians a conversation. But I will say when you make Basically, all of your accomplishments, the soul, the, the, the soul thing of your identity, I, I don't even know have words right now, but kind of just like the soul yeah. representation of who you are, right? It keeps you from knowing others, it keeps others from knowing you, and if that happens, what's the purpose of being here, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, so, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Good Thank you. I think this was really cute. I think we moved, we had... Two topics today? Right. It's like another mini topic, and then we, yeah, we got into it, so. <laughs> What's up, P. Ryan? Hung pop. Hung pop. Hung pop. Hung pop. What happened on the last episode? That's how this shows it was born. Yeah. You would have remembered. Okay? Yeah. yeah. So the only thing I really remember, Shania had a bridal shower to prepare oh, for Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which she had the male like dancers or servers or whatever walking around shirtless. Oh, yeah, the skinny men? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the I was like, they need to eat the food they serve. Okay? The skinny Even though that's horrible because, you know, people skin and shave all the time. I know my ass. <laughs> Skinny people, we love them, all 
people are evil. <laughs> that was Monique's thing forever, <laughs> right? Skinny, fuck skinny, skinny bitches, right? Skinny, did you hear me? Until she got skinny, okay? Anywho, um, yeah, so that's what happened. She had a bridal shower. Until you got blacklisted. Now you need those skinny bitches. Let's get the show going. Yeah. I was like, Shamia had a bridal shower, right? Um, that's like the highlight of the show. And that was kind of boring too. I met her once too. Carmen I'm sorry. Shady. I'm sorry. Huh? I met her once too. She was not nice. Shamia? No, Monique. Uh, what? Okay. You met her in Baltimore? I met her in Baltimore. Okay. When I was at Morgan. And... Um, BET used to do the Wrap It Up. I, I don't know if y'all remember the Wrap It Up series that BET used to do back in the day. Let me tell y'all how Lil Mo was there, too. It was like a panel. And I just remember Lil Mo. They, talk, they started talking about, like, gay men and, like, sex. Let me tell y'all how Lil Mo curved that little curved hook nose up in the air. And she was just disgusted. And ever since then, I never, I never liked Lil Mo. And that was back in the day. And I, and I used to run into her a lot. I used to go to the church that she used to go to in, in, in Maryland, in, in Annapolis. So, like, I, I used to run into her a lot. Um, but I just remember, yeah, I didn't really like her. Well, if it makes you feel better, I don't know if Lil Mo likes Lil Mo. So, <laughs> Isn't she going to be on one of these reality shows? Because she got kicked off the... Uh, she got kicked off the radio show in D.C. So I think now she's going to try her stint with um, reality TV. Not an album, but, yes. yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Shabia's big bridal shower. <laughs> Basically, that was the highlight of the show. Carmen shaded, Shamia, uh, shaded Portia. Portia told us she was allergic to flying coach. I don't have time. Oh, Where yeah. About this whole, like, wedding and... Mm-hmm. Listen, 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 listen. Y'all had these destination weddings for us regular folk. Well, I, I mean, I hear that these ladies really don't have that much money. So apparently, so because I was gagging trying to figure out why she couldn't afford the ten thousand, twenty thousand dollar airplane ticket to go to her best friend's wedding. I think that was unacceptable. First of all, or, or, what is that flight to uh, Kenya, $10,000? I don't think it was really that much. It was flight. five. I think it was five because I remember Candy. I think it was Candy. Candy said she paid $5,000 for first class. For what? For first class? Yeah, round trip ticket to, to Africa. But that makes sense, I think. That sounds reasonable. For a first class, first class round trip ticket to Africa, $5,000 sounds, huh? Right. But and you know first class is hell. Thousand more. Was it? Okay. Okay. Ish. A thousand, maybe fifteen hundred more, and it was nowhere near. Again, either five or ten thousand. So I don't know what they was. They must have flew on the. uh, A private jet or something. (laughs) Holy Ghost Express. (laughs) Well, I've never flown to Africa first class, so the fuck if I know shit. Mm -hmm. But speaking of how, oh my goodness, so that was whack drama. But the real spicy drama was this escape show. This is getting kind of spicy. <laughs> and Candy says, can I talk to you, Candy? Miss Candy Burris? Uh, Tucker? This crying that you be doing? 
She's sensitive. Why are you always crying, girl? She looked just like Riley when she get upset. She looked just like Riley when she get upset. She was really pissed. She was just like, <laughs> you don't remember that? <laughs> like, she was, Candy holds on to things, and I think she needs to actually see a therapist on her own to just get some of this shit out. Because she just be crying off, the, like, on the drop of a dime. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. Still in the Housewives team, Kenya Moore flies to Barbados. This just dropped today, y'all, on Thursday, to visit a top fertility clinic for IBS, IBS treatment. So, her and her husband are a thing. She's trying to get a baby. I told you. If Kenny doesn't leave nothing from this show, it's going to be a baby. If Kenny doesn't leave with anything from the show, it's going to be with a baby. Okay? So, from class to trash. Nicki Minaj supports her mother <laughs> by visiting her brother. She's going to have a baby in a divorce. Child rapist Jelani Mirage <laughs> in jail. So, if you guys don't know, Jelani, her brother, who she mentioned in her pink print album on track number one, um, was convicted for molesting his stepdaughter, who is 11, I believe, 11 to 14, that age range. Um, and Love B. Scott, the news, whatever, is um, kind of positioning it in the sense that Nicki Minaj is just supporting her mother. That's why she went to the jailhouse. And but didn't I mean, she testify? On her. She didn't testify. Anything. Okay. But, like, what do you think of just being there? Because I, I believe in supporting family, but I also believe in holding family accountable. So if you have... Been he was found guilty of raping. There we go. I'm, I, that's it for me. Okay. I, I can't go any further. Even if you're my family member, I'm pretty sure I would just be like... Sorry, I was just like, no. tons of feedback. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay, sorry. But, yeah... That would be that. Would, that's I, I, I. It's really difficult for me to get beyond that. Mm. You do you do something with a child. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Speak his speech. I'm just I. I just I. I know that's her brother, and you know she gonna do whatever she feel like she needs to do. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know what to say. To that. She's I having like, she's having conversations with him that none of us are, yeah. and, and and I will give that to her. But at the end of the day, it's just like I I I can't go beyond that he at raped this little girl. You're a public figure, so like you know how this is gonna look in the tabloids. You know how this is gonna look in pictures. You know how I don't think she cares how. I mean, I I know that Nikki has a history, especially on Twitter, of saying what she wants and doing what she wants. So I don't think she cares. Yeah, she really does say what she says and does. What yeah, she, wants. she don't she care. Does. <laughs> to the next time, you know, Eve joined the talk as a permanent co-host following Aisha Tyler's departure, and we're definitely proud of Eve. You mentioned earlier, Eric, the the talk looks. You can see the diversity in that. <laughs> yes, that picture is just yeah. And you know, Eve shook the table when she just showed up. So you said you saw Nicki Minaj's paper magazine photos. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Eve basically said, as she's gotten older, she realizes that. You know, and Nikki, she said Nicki Minaj is a beautiful person. She worked with her in Barbershop 3. But as she's gotten older, she realizes even though you didn't sign up to be a role model, you become one because of your position. And so she looked at her photos and said, I don't agree with them. I don't think they're right. Yeah. Reactions, what do you think? I think that's Eve's opinion. And she can certainly have that. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, especially from someone who's was very successful, you know, in being a rapper. Like, she, I, I think she has her receipts to where she can 
she can say whatever it is that she, whatever she feels, and she and, and and that's cool. Um, I mean, listen, look at how Lil Kim's career started. You know what I mean? Look how provocative her photos were over the years, and now she's a cat. She's a kid, so, and I don't think she cares. You know what I mean? So I think it's subjective, right? Like, that, you, where, where's she at now, married to that rich white man? Like, she has a completely different perspective of life <laughs> at this point. She's not over in North Philly anymore. She's over in, where, Sweden? Listen. I don't know. I was over in Sweden. Do you know I'll be popping my kids somebody's schoolhouse? My perspective would have been different, too. You know what I mean? So, I think Eve definitely has, and I said I'm talking about kidding y'all, and I'm at Tarkin, okay? <laughs> Just to clarify, because yeah. people will take shit and run. But, I think Eve, from her experience, from her life, as you said, has this example. Here's where I think the danger comes in, right? You say this on a public platform, and I mean, you don't have to give a fuck, but there are people <laughs> who cannot read with taking this information in. So, similar, a lot of the bars out here, Nicki Minaj's followers, do not read. Do not have good reading comprehension. Do not have verbal comprehension. And we'll go though. in. <laughs> and we'll go in and have gone in, right? I so mean... pulled up her nudes and said, oh, Nicki Minaj is not a good role model. What about your sex tape? What about this? What about that? But she said it on the show. She said, no. I did it, and this is what I mean reflecting back on that moment, you dumbasses. And she owned everything. It wasn't shade to Nicki Minaj. She was just saying... This is not for me today. Get a job. Y'all out here trolling, like, trying to, trying to every hashtag where somebody got something, somebody says something about somebody that you don't, like, y'all, Nicki Minaj don't even know who you are. Like, dude, come on. Like, stupid. Let's end on some, well, I don't even know if this is a high note, because you have something coming up too for on the pop, but <laughs> Tiana Taylor and Iman Shumpert Big What? Did you not see his pictures? No. Oh, let me tell you, his little friend waves at you. You waving back? <laughs> 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 Tiana Taylor and Iman aim to bring black love to reality TV with their new VH1 series, Tiana and Iman. Here's my thing. Yeah. Where Here we go. Love go. Well. Off of reality TV. Where did it go? Yeah. Or Where do we see it? it? Where do we see it? Uh, Nene and Brad, because that is not okay? <laughs> you separate, you have your little moment, but then you come back stronger than others. Oh, okay. I was going to say blackish. Blackish is black. <laughs> it's not a reality show, but it's a great it's a great example of you know black, and it, it, it is happening, and I and and, and I'm and I know that it is. I know. Papoose and Remy. Oh, great example, right? Gucci like, Man and Keisha. Gucci Man and Keisha. Yeah. Not even Black Love. Oh, Keisha K.O.R. I thought you meant Keisha Cole. Because I was going to even say Keisha Cole and Bubby. These are different forms of black love. I think they, didn't they break up? No, they broke up. but They have the kid, though. They, they have, have black love. Right? Yeah, that's true. Because that's they're true. co-parenting as a unit. And even on the reunion show, she's like, oh, Bubby's my homie. Yeah. That is a form of black love. I Bubby just wanted to hug. I think we look at black love as this, like, monolith, right? And mm-hmm. so we try to in a way, diagnose black love as, like, not being here, not being on this platform, not being on that. But, no, we're showing that black love is a very varied construct, right? Mm-hmm. So you have those relationships that last throughout everything, Papoose and Remy. 
you have those relationships that do well, that break apart, but that come back stronger. Nini and Greg. You have those relationships where people split, but then they provide an example that you can split and still be as close as ever. Listen, it's a whole lot. It's a whole lot of black love going on. Great examples. I'm sure if we looked at uh, the memoirs of uh, the president's wife's journal, we could see how messy and horrible that relationship is. Um, so I, I, I hear you. Um, black, black, black love doesn't always have to be put out as if it's just not existent and horrible and, and nowhere to be found because we have plenty of examples where white love is some trash. Bitch, we have more than trash. <laughs> Case in point, the leader of the country. Yeah, that's what I was saying. If we saw the memoirs of if his wife's journal... white love, I love it, okay? Grabbing pussies. All I can say is I'm really excited, though, for Tiana Taylor and Iman because I stand for Tiana. Her song on 7... She wanted to give us something new, though. Huh? She wanted to give us something new. Oh, she is, and I'm excited. Tiana, girl, we see each other. <laughs> I'm ready for you, okay? Can't wait. Love her. Um, you have another hung pop? Yes. Did you hear that Facebook is now asking people for their nudes? So, <laughs> and that's what I wanted to ask you. So, like, apparently this kind of, like, was brought out of a situation that was going on in Australia where they were saying that there was an epidemic of um, revenge porn where uh, one in five Australians between the ages of 16 and 49 were affected. So, and actually in the post that we put up on our Instagram a couple of days ago, we talked about how rape culture kind of consists like all these different things and revenge porn was one of them. So, um, here's how it works. If someone suspects that they are a target of revenge porn, they alert Facebook, they send Facebook their images, and Facebook can register and block those images from being posted anywhere on Facebook and or Instagram. The thing about the process is that someone has to review your image, right? So, you have to trust that that individual who's reviewing that image is not having a bad day. So when you have a human, well, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, or, right? You don't have to have a bad day just to do some fuckboy shit, right? Or to be like, oh, that dude look good. You know what I mean? And take a snap, a picture of it with your phone. So is it really safe if I send it to someone at Facebook no. to look at? But here's the kicker too. I don't care if you revenge porn my news because I want my news on Tumblr. Stop saying that. I'm I gonna kick your that. ass. You keep saying that I'm shit. Gonna say no, no, First no. Of all, How is that gonna put you on? Because I give you art. No. In my news, no. Okay. And no, but this is the thing. In talking about rape culture and what and what we posted on Instagram the other day, the unfortunate part is that people use images to in, in a vicious, violent way yeah. to try to humiliate and destroy people, and, and and that's their goal. The goal is hardly ever to show people in a good light, or to show off someone's curves or black boy joy, or you know melanin melanin glow up. It's hardly ever on some supportive shit. It's on something that I'm gonna try to tear you down or point out a flaw. Again, this is what we talk about in gay culture where shade comes from. It comes from pointing point out a flaw yeah. in somebody and blowing that shit up to proportions to humiliate them. And I completely get that, and I don't ride with revenge porn, but what I'm telling you is, ain't gonna be no revenge over here. <laughs> because the flaws that 
you're about to point out, what you gonna say? Oh, he has stretch marks on his ass. Bitch, I know that's why I said that. Okay? Put him on Tumblr. Well, on, 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 <laughs> well, on a serious note, um, using images in an unsolicited manner is or also, yeah. or unconsensual, my bad, um, is also rape culture. Yes. And that is not cool. And I remember, I mean, you talked about that many episodes ago um, about these websites, mainly on Tumblr, that are out here, quote unquote, exposing um, DL men or just gay men in general, right? Putting their information out there, putting their pictures, putting their phone numbers, putting their addresses out there. That's that's, that's that's sexual assault, and and those are, and we have to speak up about those those things as well. We do, yeah. Don't agree with it when it's non consensual. As for me in my house, it's consensual. Scratching my back. <laughs> um, let's see. So now let's move on to the hum music. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> jumping right back into. Um, you know, you, you all know I love Archduke. Um, I really love these guys. So I, I've been trying to find out more and more information on them. They are so fucking low-key. They're like nowhere. So I researched, I was listening to one of their songs last week, and then I researched the lyrics on the song. The lyrics on the song gave me their names. I took their names, and then I did a Google search. I'm stalker, right? I took their names, and but a real fan. I took their names, and then I did a Google search on their names, like individually to find out. Because if you guys remember when I first brought them up in the, um, the music segment, a few episodes ago, I told you that you can really not, you can't find anything on them. You can mostly find their music on Spotify and they have a lot on SoundCloud. So, come to find out, the two members, um, one brother, his name is Charity Croft, and you can find him online, Instagram and Twitter at YCharity, and the other brother is Jacob Denzel. He has a Facebook page that's old as fuck. It is not updated at all. So Jacob is kind of like a ghost. Um, But they're both brothers. They both sing. They both rap. They're both, you know, you guys know I love their music. Check this out. Charity is actually an alpha. When I went on his Instagram, he posted um, a picture uh, where he had a a decent-ass grit. And y'all in the Greek world gonna know what I mean by that. Um, (laughs) Um... so I'm, 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 that, that, that was also something that just kind of made me, okay, P. Ryan, what are you, what's going on? Aaron, I decided to look up their Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys really have to get, these are just mm-hmm. very cool guys. Yes. And you can see it, and it's just like their delivery, like their presence online, their messages, the things that they tweet, like, it's just, yes. good stuff. Yes. Um... I enjoyed the music so much that I wish there was more interaction going on. Meanwhile, one of the, they did like retweet me because um, I tweeted them. I, I tweet them all the time. They finally like retweeted me, and I was just like hype about that, hype about that, um, because you really can't find much about them online. But at the same time, I'm really getting full off of their music. So if they made a decision, you know, not to share their personal lives online along with their music, then I respect that. You know what I mean? So. Shout out to Archduke. Again, if y'all have not listened to their album, We Were Kids, you guys got to check it out. It's, it's, it's great, feel-good, uplifting, inspirational music. Yeah, they are. And shout out to Charity. 06. Shout out to Charity. <laughs> <laughs> I did 06. You did okay. Okay. With them light brown eyes. Yeah. 
So, what did you? What, what music are you listening to this week? What have you been listening to? What's on your playlist? Matter of fact, what what do you use to listen to your music? Okay. But they cut into my funds. <laughs> also, um, Apple Music, which if you are a student, check out um, Uniday's discount. You only pay $4.99 per month for Apple Music. Nice. Um, what have I been listening to? A lot of gospel. I've been listening to the queen of our gospel, rather than gospel, Karen Clark Sheard. Yes. Some of the old stuff. Um, that yeah. Finally, Karen album has been taking me in. Um <laughs> She's here tomorrow. I'm going to the concert with Black Sabrina Claudio and Cy Airy the Kid. They will be here tomorrow. Yeah, you just reminded me of that. Wow. Okay. I got there too. I said I mentioned that I'm going. I've been talking about this for like weeks. She's awesome. Special moments in your heart. Yeah, I haven't listened to any new music. Her is awesome. I really, didn't you say she's coming? Yeah, in November. Okay. November, what, we are in November, bitch. She's coming next Tuesday. Right. And it's finally out here, so I can say it. Um, opening for her will be the Philly homies, the Turk homies, the All the Way homies. Good girl. I'm super proud of their success. I'm super pr- proud of their musical trajectory. Yeah. Um, they will be opening up for her. And I want to be in the number to just... I would love to as well. That would be so awesome. Uh, it's quite a few folks are actually coming to Philly. And, um... Oh, you know who is coming to Philly in December, bitch? Are we going? Fantasia. Oh, yeah, you did text that me about that. Be a Christmas worship experience. Yeah, that's going to be a really good concert. Mm-hmm. And you're looking good, girl, on the Instagram. Yeah, Keep it up. Okay. Let's be real. Okay, because I'm going to get okay. back to 4.30. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now with all this running and stuff, no, you you putting in that work. No, I do the running so that it'll easily snap back. I'm going to get After the surgery. Taken care of. So the running is to prepare for the post-surgery. <laughs> Miss Miss Wu. Rue. Rue. You remember Kanga was like the little baby and Rue. I always remember Piglet. Piglet Piglet was my favorite. For all I'm trying to say, I have a little pouch. Okay. (laughs) And I just want to get it sucked up. We'll do another idol. We'll do another idol making machines episode, and we can talk about that. <laughs> this week I listened to. Um, did I hear you just close the music segment out? Um, did I? I think you just said. I did. Oh, okay. I listened to this. Uh, this week I was listening to this rapper. Um, I think he goes by Quality. I don't know. I really don't know because this is how he spells it, y'all. Q U Q U apostrophe A L T Y, whatever that is. But he is very cool, very handsome guy. Um, he had two songs on his um, most recent um, project, Propare and also Secure. Uh, both were really dope tracks. Secure actually, he, he gave me a little DMX Tupac vibe. 
Um, so his, his, his flow was actually really nice. When I went on Spotify, some of the uh, artists that they, they show as related artists, you guys may be familiar with um, Mac Wilds or Jimmy Tints, um, Duck, Duckworth, um, Imana. Iman Omari. They even have Dave East on here. I don't know about that, but I'm still getting into him. He's he's pretty cool. So you guys should check him out again. Um, it's spelled Q-U-apostrophe-A-L-T-Y. I believe you can spot, find him on Spotify and also on SoundCloud. Um, yeah, that that was that was basically it. You know what? You told me to listen to Demi Lovato, didn't you? I did. So I finally gave her a listen. You, you know what? She... She gave me like Christina Christina Aguilera vocal drama and loud and honestly I just wasn't here for all of that but the song Daddy Issues was really cool. Um, I played that track back uh, quite a few times Daddy so I thought Daddy Issues was cool. So um, yeah you guys as always follow me on Spotify. You guys can find me on Spotify. I think I'm almost at the point where I think you can just Google my name, Eric Cole, and everything comes up. The Twitter, the Instagram, the Spotify, the yeah, Facebook. Like, <laughs> but then again, I may, I very well may not even be nowhere near that. So just in case I'm not, just in case I'm not, just go to Spotify and, and search for Eric Cole. Check out my iDante playlist. It's popping. And I have a couple others that you guys should check out. Nice. Yeah. There was nothing else for us to do okay. but to get on to the hung up or the hang up. <laughs> the hung up or the hang up. <laughs> you tired, you tired. It is 11 It does seem like we've been recording for a while. Because we were talking, we had some good conversations. We did, we did. And this is why I love you. It's a blessed conversation. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> nah, Jesus got your life. So this week I'm actually hung up on two people. I'm hung up on Lupita. Check her out, y'all. If you haven't seen her, um, check out her Instagram. She is definitely on the glow up right now. Um, she posted this really cool post, the new all black. Purelli calendar. <laughs> I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, where she's doing uh, photographer Tim Walker um, this year wants to do his own little take on Alice in Wonderland, and it's really cool, y'all. Um, I went on YouTube. They have a whole like. 10-minute video about behind the scenes where they're talking to Tim and the producers and the designers about this whole concept um, where they're doing this chocolate, very black version of Alice in Wonderland. And it's really, really nice. So shout out to Lupita. We love you. And I'm also hung up on my neighbor, Dominique, because <laughs> she and I be texting each other about the shenanigans that we have to deal with living in this apartment building. Um, and we be cracking the fuck up, y'all. I mean, like, rolling. I be, and she literally lives next door, and we was just texting each other, just going back and forth, going back and forth. Listen, and by the way, y'all know those notes I left up in the laundry room months ago? getting people together they remain they are still there intact so yeah 
<laughs> this, this is a great. I love this space. But <laughs> we've been through some some stuff in here, y'all. It's it's been crazy. I I mean, just I, I'll give y'all an example. So, I live on the basement, the basement floor. So we all have very high windows, right? They're usually like eye level or higher. I usually see you Most people, which is annoying, y'all stop. Because y'all, well, at least that's fine. Look in, but don't knock on the glass because that drives Tristan crazy. I told you I'm a lady. I don't do that. You don't do these things. <laughs> and don't ring my bell either because that makes my dog go crazy. Just text a nigga. Shit. But anyway, now I'm doing too much. The bell out there now. I don't want you to ring it. What the fuck? What like? What you asking of me? But um, basically, like some kids in the neighborhood, these badass kids were coming through and basically like kicking our windows out. I think you were actually here, weren't you here one night? Um, when the kids kind of like kicked at the window like crazy, they they ended up breaking um three windows. Mine wasn't one of them, thank God. Um, but we, you know, we had to deal with that and um. Thankfully, it's, it's resolved, and I hope that we're done. So, nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, I hope you don't mind if I just do this a little um, unorthodox. Um, I'd like to start with the outro to just let people know who we are. So, this has been another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. I am P. Ryan. You can find me at I am P. R. Y. N. You not hanging up or hung I up? Am. Okay. I'm Eric. You can find me at Idante Cole on Instagram and on Twitter. E Dante Cole. What did I say? E I. <laughs> e E D A N T E C O L E. Yes, you better know how to spell your name. <laughs> I just look on Instagram and the Twitter. It's public and school. It's public. H U N G U T P O T. Email us your thoughts, your questions, your concerns. Um, you want advice? Like we're, I think we're good at that. Send us, send us your craziness so we can talk about it on the show. And also um, feel free and don't forget to rate and
covered this story, but The Root, which is a black targeted news source, covered the fact that Jamel Moore, he was a 26 year old um, living in West Hollywood, California, was recently found dead this past week in an apartment building belonging to Ed Buck, who was 62. Um, he was a white man who didn't necessarily come for money at first, but who you know, built his way up, wound up selling a company that he was affiliated with for like over a million dollars, became a prominent backer of the Democratic Party after being like a staunch Republican for a really long time. But the story goes that Ed Buck, who is now 62 again, um, had a fetish for black male bodies. And I think now more than ever is the time to just you know, highlight some things in the black female community. It's not just a matter of coming out. That's not just our experience. Some of us have to sell our bodies, engage in sex work. Some of us are addicted to drugs. Some of us have various struggles, you know, and some of us have to do things to survive. Right? It's not just a matter of coming out and being free. And what Ed Buck would do is go into these communities where black male bodies would sell themselves, would you know, sell themselves not only for survival but for drugs and really exploit the shit out of that. Recently, Jamel, I hope all of this is making sense, Jamel, yeah. who's a 26-year-old, was found dead in a West Hollywood um, apartment belonging to Al Buck, Ed Buck. And that shit is crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's really tough to deal with because that could be any of us, you know? That's so true. And Jamel's roommate and friend um, said that, like, when you are, well, he didn't say when you're black, gay, or male, but he was just like, when you're in certain circumstances, when you're addicted to drugs, when you're vulnerable, you're not able to afford XYZ, you become vulnerable. And if somebody's offering you $600 to do this and $600 to do it again and then upping it to $1,200... And, and giving you drugs. Then giving you drugs. Like and giving you more money drugs. to give you drugs. You yeah. can do what you need You'll to do, do it. not only get that pleasure, but to also survive. And this white man exploited the fuck out of this black body and then killed him. And what blew me even more was that the roommate, the best friend, what have you, had said that Jamel was so afraid, he not only called the roommate, but he went to the police and said, I'm really afraid of this man. And they told and him, go home. go home. Yeah. 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 And so I know we have this platform and we can talk about gay issues all the time and like, I, don't, I just feel like it's not enough sometimes. Yeah. It blows the shit out of me. It really blows the fuck out of me. Because I see these things happen. I'm just like, this could have been prevented. But how? You know? So all I can say is I am hung up, always hung up, on our black gay men. As a black gay man, I am with you. I support you. I can't even say, like, you don't have to do this because some of us do have to do this. But I am always praying for your safety. I am always praying for your health. I 
and disgusted that this has to happen to us. And to think of all the Jamel Moors that came before him that we probably may never, that will never have an opportunity to tell their story, that will never have an opportunity to have their picture shown anywhere. We, they were just, they're just gone. They were here one moment and gone. And to be honest, Eric, like, this doesn't have to happen because you're in poverty or because you're addicted to drugs. There are so many black gay men, there are so many black trans women who seem to be on the right track of life, but still are not able to sustain a life that they want. And so sex work becomes an option. And when you can And people see, in power know that yeah. that they have yeah. no other option. And, so and you exploit them. Yeah. And use them up and toss them away like trash yeah. when you're done. And I'm so sorry to bring this conversation to that level. But when you Peace out, y'all. Jamel lived with me for the two years before all this happened. Um, we went through a lot of our hardest struggles together. You know, I was um, addicted to drugs myself. And, you know, I spent so much time with him. Jamel used to call me from um, different places that he was, and he would ask me to come pick him up, you know, and I would go out searching for him in these different places that 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 he found himself in you know trying to pull him up out of that because for me it was pulling myself out of it you know seeing someone who's in your same situation or going through a struggle because drugs for everyone is a struggle you know it never ends well it always gets worse it always gets you always are going to hit rock bottom you know rock bottom last time may have been rock bottom then but next rock bottom is going to be even worse than that this man he went out there searching for other men that were struggling and on the streets and, and had no money, you know, and I mean, men who had never experienced drugs before, people that were just, just struggling, you know, struggling and were already in a down and out position. You know, this is the type of, of guys, you know, Ed Buck searched for and Jamel was scared. You know, people, I, I hear, um, you guys talking about they try to take away his, his humanity. Jamel was scared. He was scared of this man. He came and he laid in my arms and he cried and he was scared. He was scared that this man was going to hurt him. And he went to the police station and they told him to go away. You know, they told, they did not believe him. You know, he was scared. He was scared. He called me in tears, crying that he didn't want to be this person. He wrote a diary saying that he did not, he was scared he was going to die. You know, he wanted to get away from this path, you know. And Ed Buck, you know, being a man of, of you know, intuity and, and knowledge and in, 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 uh, in politics and stuff like this, this is not, this is not, you're not, you're not, you're not speaking about somebody who was stupid. You're not speaking about another child or another young man who accidentally did something or in the high of the moment, you know, did something that they, were, they regretted later. You're talking about somebody who intentionally went out there and, and searched for other men and paid them. And we're not talking about little money, okay? 
I'm, I, my car's in the shop right now. I'm struggling. I'm trying to move. I want to start this new nursing career. I have so many things. And money is an issue for me, as all Americans, I mean, it is. Our economy right now, you know, the, the blue-collar worker, I mean, if you're not making 200, 250000 a year, you don't have the American dream, and it's not possible, you know? So I am struggling. And there's a lot of things that I would go out there and do for $600, and then another $600. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll do it again. I'll give you $1,200 if you do it again. This is what Ed Buck said to him. I'll give you six to start. Then I'm going to give you 600 more if you do it again. Now, if I, I mean, many of you may not understand the, um, the, um, the mentality of a drug addict. When you get to a certain level... Your inhibitions are gone. That's why a lot of people do drugs. It's because it's going to take away that, you know what? You know what? I have a lot to live for. I have a lot of things that I want to do with my life. I don't want to, to be gone in this instant. That's going to be gone. You're not going to be thinking about that as you're doing drugs. So when you get someone to do more, you're just breaking them down. And then, and then on top of it, you offer them another $1,200. You know? Like... Come on now, which, how many of us in here would, you know, it's, it's, it's easy money. But it's not, it's not, and we are allowing people in power to pay for our lives and to take them away with their money and with their influence. Because this is not, we're not talking about somebody who, who saw Jamel and, you know, was attracted to him, you know, and, you know, they had some, you know, deal where, they, you know, he was sexually gratified and, you know, for that he wanted to help him out, you know, help him in life to get ahead, you know, because a black man, I'm attractive, but when, once I get this nursing degree, I'm going to be bomb, bomb as hell, you know, that's, that. I mean, you know, that's not, that he wasn't investing in somebody's life like that. You know, he was taking away from him chip by chip by chip by chip. You know, Jamel spent his last days with me at my house. He wanted to get sober and clean, you know, and I struggled with my, with my addiction. But one thing I did not do was pass it to somebody else. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to allow somebody or put somebody in the same position that I am. And take from them. And on a greater scale, I'm not going to push somebody past the point that I've never gone. I'm not going to see somebody, I'm not going to be at a rock bottom and then encourage somebody to be lower than I am. You know, this guy, and, and it's crazy because there's so many people out there that went through this. I've been to these, you know, drug houses, flop houses, trap houses, looking for victims of Ed Buck. And so many of them are out there. You have no idea how many boys are scared of this man, are scared and will not give their name because they are scared. They have seen what this man's money made them do. So how can they not say that this man's money won't make somebody come and do something to them? You know, and we have these people that are high up and they have the impact and the ability to help us and they're taking advantage of that you know and it's 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 something that we have to we have we have to start at the top we have we have to start at the top we cannot allow people to continue paying to kill people you know ed buck paid to kill him and it was not right
and he paid to do that to a bunch of other people. How many other people's kids does it have to be? How many of me is there going to be? How many of Jamel is there going to be?